This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, all right, before we get into kind of our top storylines, and man, there are a lot in the NL West, and we're going to kind of look at the division as a whole and see how the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres are shaping up. We want to let you know that you are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you are subscribed and you share the podcast with your friends as well. All right, NL West, it's a small sample, but it's looking every bit like the division we expected it to be. First of all, Giants, Dodgers, Padres, all right up there at the top, all separated by a game right now. Rockies, they're kind of normalizing. Diamondbacks, last place that's exactly what we expected the question is when you're playing this well when you're 13 and 6 and you're second in the national league in runs and you're second in the national league in giving up runs and these other two teams are sitting right there like you have not been able to shake them at all specifically the dodgers you know for me a question is going to be um can the giants hold off a team that appears like they're just going to be putting that pressure on you every single day. It's like you can win two-thirds of your games and, and, and you look back and they're standing right next to you. Like, can you do it again? And every month last year, they did it. Can they do it every month again this year? You know, it's it's an interesting question. And, and Mark, like, I don't know how much you want to push your team in this era where now more teams are going to make the playoffs. Do you maybe take your foot off the gas a little just to, to kind of have the big picture point of view? Like, is it really worth it to chase that NL West banner at the detriment of some of your arms, at the detriment of some of your older players? I don't know the answer to that. I will say this. I just look at the Padres and the Dodgers, and I'm fearful of a couple things. First, the resurgence of Bellinger. That's number one. I'm, I'm fearful he's going to come back to being the all-world player that he was a couple of seasons ago. Their pitching is outstanding. There's just no other way around it. Kershaw's having a great year. The Walker Bueller's a stud. And then I look at the Padres, and I'm like, wow, they're doing this without Tatis. I'm a little worried here. Like, I'm a little worried because we know how spectacular he is. But – he is a little different in terms of how he kind of meshes with that dugout. So maybe, maybe they don't want him back right now. I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, come on. He, you know, like he, he's going to give him a jolt. But also, to me, the Padres, even though they're right behind and they are in third place, but they're yeah. only a game, right a there. game behind. I do think just in watching these teams, the Padres, again, to me, look like the third best team. Okay. Um, their, their pitching staff has not been up to the standard of the Giants mm -hmm. and the Dodgers. By the way, ERA, Team ERA, Dodgers, number one in baseball, 2-2-1. Mm. 
Giants, number two in baseball, 2-3-2. Two, two. Both teams have been unbelievable. We talked last time about how many home runs the Giants have allowed. They've only allowed 10 all year. That's Dodgers crazy. have only allowed 11. It's absolutely incredible um, the way these two teams are pitching, and I think that's going to bear itself out over time. Keep this – Eric Hosmer's hitting like 420. That's okay? not sustainable. And he's driving the bus right now, and that's just not going to happen. They were dying to get that guy yep. the hell out of town mm -hmm. to start the year. They tried like crazy to do a creative trade and get rid of him. Couldn't do it. And now here he is leading the team uh, to a 12 and seven record to start off. I don't trust their bullpen either. And I think that as yep. we get to more of the dog days, the meat of the season, it's about, you know, 16 through 25. It's talking about that bullpen, some of your position players coming off the bench. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Padres. I just, I'm infatuated with Machado. The dude's such a stud. I love him. I got him in fantasy. So I watch with a keen eye. Well, I, I mean, know, this, I'm that is guy. Still, this is the dynamic that I think, is um is hard for some people and sort of why we still look at the giants and go okay we're now willing to admit they're good but go ahead and explain to me why because we do get enamored with a machado uh wooed by a tatis overwhelmed by the lineup the dodgers produce mm -hmm. and then you look at the giants and you go okay Where's the comp to all of that? And that's what Giants fans have been yelling about. Where's our star? Where's our, where's our guy who's got the swagger out on the field that the whole league wants to look at? And the answer is they don't have one. What they have is the better record. And, 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 and it's just, it has got to be for so many teams and fans, one of the great mysteries of baseball over the last now year plus. I mean, the A's loss on Wednesday night uh, tosses this stat aside, but when they beat the A's on Tuesday night, mm -hmm. that wrapped 180 games exactly if you put together last year and this mm -hmm. year, 180 games with a full-fledged Farhan and Gabe attack. And in those 180 games, the Giants have won 120 of them. I mean, that's exactly insane. two out of every three. That's insane. I, and, and, and the world is going, how, what? how, who, what, why, whatever question. I still think even the, the, the closest Giants fans have a hard time explaining it to their friend at the bar. Do you think it's because of Giants fans before World Series is being conditioned to great lineups and minimal pitching? Like that's I, in my entire life before they won a world series, it was look at our lineup. If only we could piecemeal some pitching, we might have an ACE here, but you know, two through five, not looking so hot. And if we could just get to the closer, maybe we'll win this one. I look at pitching in just my estimation. It's the great equalizer. You could have the greatest murderers role of all time. Give me the ACE. Give me Pedro Martinez in his prime. Now they don't have him, but, Logan Webb's pretty damn special. I mean, he's pretty damn special. You just look at the National League. Look where he stacks up over his last 30 starts. He's right there with all of them. Carlos Rodon? I mean, I think he's right there in that same kind of tier. And so the equalizer is pitching. And then I look at their bullpen top to bottom, which we were enamored with in the first segment. I mean, to me, that's their blueprint. And then you play solid defense. You don't have to be outstanding, but solid defense, yep. situational hitting can get you by, especially during the regular season. So that, to me, is the elixir. I don't 
understand it nine times out of 10, even though they're going with the Junises and this guy, Leone, coming in to start a game or whatever. But it works, and their philosophy works, and it's hard to argue with. Well, but, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the Giants are mistake highlighters is what they are. <laughs> it's um, and, and it's almost like an instigator, if you will, because we already, we've already gone over all the unwritten rules stuff where they've annoyed the rest of the league. And I think they annoy the rest of the league this way too, although you can't be mad at them for it. If you make a mistake, the Giants are there with their highlighter pen. Yeah, They're like, see that mistake you just made? Okay, we're going to go ahead and take advantage of it. Did you shift at the wrong time? Fun. Okay, did you did, did you make one error? The A's, how many... How many games yeah. in a row have the A's made an error? I think it was up to about 10, 11, 12. Uh, you're right. The Giants have said, uh, you know, with Wilmer at third base or, hell, Wilmer on the field at all, Solano last year, we're not going to prioritize being elite defensively, mm -hmm. but uh, we're going to be good enough and we're going to try to avoid the mistake. The game they're playing, again, not flashy. We think we can be smarter than you. We think we can make – fewer mistakes than you and as soon as you do they're going to be there to pounce um and, and and that's the game they're playing in in many ways and and so that's why i think when uh when you watch this team play it it's sort of like you especially if you're doing it on tv or even if you're going to the yard you watch them play and it's just not that obvious what it is that's going on it's just that you look up at the scoreboard at the end and you go how did they just win that three to two again? It's why they feel lucky. They're not, but they feel to other people lucky because it's like, how do you, Yeah. how do you squeeze out every close game or so many of them? That is, let me give you a couple of cross sport comps where I feel like they're reaching this zone for me. And it's crazy because those other comps I'm going to give you had superstars, right? And then everything kind of flowed off the superstars. New England Patriots, San Antonio Spurs. There's a benefit of the doubt we give to those random players on those teams during those eras. Like, oh, well, of course that guy who's super random is going to make that play. He's a Patriot. Of course this random backup power forward is going to contribute on the Spurs. That's what Popovich does. And what's crazy is they had Duncan and Ginobili and Parker. And, and so it, it started there, but all their random guys always seemed to be developed and hit and they'd be just randoms. Same thing with new England. And they had Tom Brady. What's the outlier for the giants is they don't really have a Brady or a Duncan. Like I love Brandon belt and, and Crawford. They're not in the pantheon of those other players yet. All these random guys come in Junis, who we've been talking about and boom contributor. And I'm like, well, of course he's a contributor because they have literally figured out how he can be his maximized self. And it's working because he's bought in. And I just think they've entered that realm for me where there are certain sports teams that defy common theory. And that's where they're at, where guys are going to be their best version of themselves. Even if they're a marginal player, like it's yeah. crazy how they're squeezing the lemon. I think what you're saying is like strength in culture. You know, yes. I mean, the, the slogan for the or for the Warriors it. is strength in numbers, which sometimes, by the way, makes me laugh a little bit because it's like, sure, strength in numbers, but it's actually strength in Stephen Clay and Draymond. Yeah. Like you've got <laughs> you've got Hall of Famers. It's not that you have all these, you know, a bunch of players. But so maybe the Giants are more the strength in numbers or strength in culture yes. because yeah, New England did have Tom Brady. However, who were their other superstars or were they exactly kind of made, they were made because of of Tom Brady and people will go, well, what about Gronk? Well, when was Gronk ever a star without Tom Brady? 
right? So like, I don't, I don't know that he would be that if he didn't have Tom Brady around him. Same with the guys you brought up, Duncan, uh, you know, Kawhi. Actually, though, as much as I love that, it does lead to one sort of long-term, and I won't call it a concern, I'll call it a mm. question. If everybody with the Giants is seemingly going to consistently be on one or two-year contracts, you already saw Buster walk out the door, and he's done. Someday within the next couple of years, the Brandons are going to be done too. Mm -hmm. And if you want to strengthen culture, well, then you're going to need to have your leaders. You're going to need to have your people who set that tone in the clubhouse. Who's that going to be if nobody's on a four-year deal or no one's been in that clubhouse yeah. for four, five, six years? If the Brandons go at some point, who's that person who, who, who you go to and you're like, this is his locker room and he sets the tone for the rest of us? I think it's a really fair point. And what I would counter with is it's Farhan and Gabe for now building an infrastructure of cerebral intelligence, self-awareness. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing that when I look at San Antonio and New England, the thing that they share is intelligence, sports intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Like IQ and then the humility. If you put together that infrastructure, we're waiting for all of these far Farhan draft picks to come through. They really haven't surrendered any of them in any of the trades. They've been very, very discerning. And so you're hoping that that infrastructure is in place so that when a Luciano comes up, he kind of just gets absorbed by what you have already, and then he can grow and get to his own voice. At least that's what my hope is. Maybe there's a trade down the line. Maybe they speed this thing up with some sort of a trade, Mark. Like, but right now, the thing I'm looking at is I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the, the Matoses and, and the Sean Jellies and all these different guys I've been hearing about. And I'm hoping there's enough infrastructure in place with this coaching staff and maybe a pillar or two, one of the Brandons, so that those guys can come in and then eventually take that mantle. Well, and maybe it does have to be the homegrown guys because basically what we're saying is if you're not going to sign anybody to a five-plus year contract, then the only people who are going to be on the team for that long are the guys who come up through your system and go through the arbitration process. Like Logan Webb maybe can be one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bart, I, I don't know based on the way he's playing, but, you know, like he, in theory, is going to be there if they want him mm -hmm. for another four or five years through the arbitration process. Um, could Ramos be that one day? Could a Hunter Bishop, could a Marco Luciano be that one day? Because when they get there, they're going to be under team control for a long time. So, Maybe it has to be that way instead of thinking about doing it on the free agent market, which in theory is how Buster and Brandon and Brandon did it. Once upon a time, they were yeah. those homegrown guys under arbitration. But where the, I think where the prior regime got into trouble was reckless contracts in free agency year after year. You know, the Denard Spans, the Mark Melansons, the Samarjas, yep. the Quatos. You, you can't pile those up, right? I'm with you. At some point, they're going to have to spend on someone or trade for someone who's under team control and extend that guy. That's going to have to happen at some point. But, like, to me, I just go back to the culture of Farhan and Gabe Kapler and then this coaching staff. I, I just have a lot of faith in the market. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I'm just being a, a loyalist at this point, but it's hard to knock these guys when every dude comes up and is the best version of themselves. All right, man. Uh, we're going to be back on Sunday with another episode. We'll take a look at what happened over the weekend with the Washington Nationals, and you also know we'll be getting ready. Yeah. Giants and Dodgers, round one in 2022 version, as that series is coming up Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. 
Uh, great stuff for Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. This has been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you are subscribed so you do not miss any episodes. <laughs>